Hi, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off podcast. I hope that you and your family are having a great and wonderful holiday season. I know that my family is. <laughs> We're a little bit behind the power curve. Uh, we didn't start many of our holiday traditions until after the kids came back from college, so we are like way behind the power curve. Um, but I will say this, it's certainly making the time period between Christmas and New Year's Day a lot more exciting. We'll call it that. Uh, and I also love New, New Year's. And I'm not just saying that because that's the big party night. You know, I, I used to do that when I was younger. Um, but now I look at it, especially from the prism of being an entrepreneur, as a very special opportunity to accomplish things that you wouldn't otherwise, to rejuvenate your activities, your effort, your energy levels, to make your company more successful. And it's a great time, it's a great change agent to affect positive change in your company. It really is. Now, all of those things are possible if and only if you come up with good resolutions. Most people create resolutions that one, can't be accomplished, two are conceived are you know considered to be just icing on the cake and three not always aligned with what it is that's important to them so there's you know there's very little motivation to, to really do that so if you want to have all the positive benefits of rejuvenating your business efforts then you got to come up with better New Year's resolutions. And here are a couple of the tricks that I've learned along the way. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm not one of these quote unquote life coaches that, that, that claims that, hey, I got all my shit together so much and I'm going to tell you how to get your shit together. I am not that guy. However, I, I'm pretty decent at accomplishing my personal other than health resolutions and my professional ones. And I do this. I use this little trick. There's, I got a couple of them. One. My resolutions have bite to them. You've got to dream with consequences. If you've got a dream to accomplish something and you don't, people are impacted. And, you know, the, most po folks will say, no, no, they're not. You know, just because I didn't accomplish something, you know, that, that person is no better or no worse off than, than, you know, what they were before I came up with that dream. Well, that's the wrong ways to look at a dream or a goal. You got to look at a dream this way. How would others around you be positively impacted if you accomplish that dream? That delta between what they would have and what they presently have, you know, without that dream being accomplished is the net loss. That's the consequence. Just because you don't have it yet doesn't mean that, you know, it's it's not a loss. For example, if you want to launch a company and you want to have so much money in the bank so you can send your kid to any college that they want to go to and you're going to pick up the full tab and you don't do that, guess who's going to be picking up that tab? It's, it's not going to be you. It's going to be your kids. Your kids are going to be the ones suffering from that. Let's say you want to live in a you know a nicer house in a nicer, safer neighborhood. And all of a sudden, that doesn't, you know, um, 
you don't want your company, you can't afford that nicer house in that nicer neighborhood in a safer community, guess what? Guess who's at risk? Your family is because you didn't deliver. And that's what I'm talking about. What is the consequence to you and your family, the people you care about for not delivering on that dream? That's the consequences. So that's the first thing. You got to put some bite between, uh, with, with your with your resolutions. What happens if you don't accomplish it? Well, gee whiz, I don't I don't watch my company. I got to stick with my day job. Man, I'm, I'm just going to become a cubicle monkey. I'm just going to sit here for the rest of my you know the rest of my professional life. You know, making barely enough money to live off of. I'm certainly not getting ahead financially. I'm not in a you know rewarding job. I, I'm not growing my own company. I'm not living the dream. I'm living somebody else's dream. And, uh, you know, making sure that they're accomplishing it um, instead of accomplishing it for me. Now, that, that, those are some pretty legitimate consequences. Now, the next thing is, is don't make your resolution to start a company. Say, this is the year I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to tell you that you should do something a little bit differently. I'm going to tell you that the resolution is to simply assess your progress towards launching a company. And you do that whatever periodicity, every Friday at, at noon um, or every Saturday morning before the kids wake up. Assess your progress. Now, if you can commit to that, you're going to be successful. Most people don't. Most people who, I'll use weight loss, for example. If you are weighing yourself every single Friday, you are less likely to, you know, to to splurge excessively um, on your diet because you know that you're going to weigh in and you're not going to like that feeling when you look down and you actually gained weight instead of losing it. So if you are willing to step on that that, that entrepreneurial scale, you know, once a week or once every two weeks or once every month, then that will make it happen for you. You will be successful. I encourage small business owners to become ISO 9001 as quickly as possible for a lot of reasons. First off, you know, it's great marketing. It, it literally puts you in the top 1% of your peer group uh, being ISO certified. The second reason why I do that is it will help you scale your company. You have documented processes, procedures. It just makes it, your company more efficient. And then the third reason is because your company will grow if you have it. And does ISO make your company grow? Eh, you know, you know, you can argue it one way or the other. You know, there's a lot of people who says, oh, yeah, because of our processes, we're more efficient and therefore we, you know, X, Y, and Z. But that's not the real reason why ISO 9001 really helped my company grow. ISO 9001 forced me to have a management review board meeting. Um, it was supposed to be quarterly, but I, I made it mandatory every month. So we called it the monthly review board meeting. But that monthly review board meeting, the number one agenda item for every single one of those meetings was to take a look at our key performance indicators, um, you know, for success. 
and the number one KPI for a small business uh, should be growth. Now, I'm not talking about assess how much you grew. You know, uh, I'm talking about it should be growth oriented. That means are you doing the things necessary to be successful and grow? Are you writing proposals? Are you submitting those proposals? Are you getting on bid teams? Um, you know, for 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 subcontracts and those types of things. Are you are you doing your outreach? Are you doing your customer relationship management? Those are the things that I'm talking about. If um, if you do those things, you're going to be successful. Well, what's going to keep you doing those things? What's going to keep you doing those things is the same philosophy that's going to keep you losing weight or cognizant of your weight. And that is you're going to step on that scale every single week or in this or in the case of a monthly review board meeting every single month. So the resolution that I'm going to provide, you know, that I'm going to recommend that you do is, is not for the end goal, but have the resolution that you will perform the self-assessment at whatever periodicity it is. And again, that could be, you know, weekly, every two weeks, every month, every quarter, but you've got to do it. If you're doing those self-assessments, I guarantee you that you will be successful because you're not going to like the way it makes you feel when you when you haven't met those interim goals. When your metrics are saying that you that you need to get off your ass and do something. So if you make a commitment to do that one simple thing, do the self assessments. Be religious about that. You will be successful. So forget about the goal. Think about the self-assessments. Now, that'll do it, but what's going to keep you doing that? What's going to keep, you know, what's going to have you look at, at those uh, uh, performing the self-assessments? Ah, you have to have enablers to make that happen. Do it with a friend. You know, hold each other accountable. Uh, do it as part of a group, do it as part of a class, do it as part of a of an organization, tie it to something else, include your family in that. Um and and I don't I don't know if I shared this with you in the in the past on, on this particular podcast. Uh <laughs> I gotta be careful because I, I choke up damn near every single time I do it, but I I knew when I was gonna be successful as a small business owner. Uh, and it was, it was when my wife gave me, uh, a paperweight that's, that said, you know, what would you do if you knew you would not fail? I love that paperweight. What would you do if you knew you would not fail? Boy, if, if you took fear of failure out of it, out of, out of your mindset that you could, then you could establish the most incredible goals and resolutions for yourself. So that was the first thing. But the second thing is what really drove it home. Um, I obviously I, I included my family in my decision making process to start a company. And, you know, they helped me with the name. They, they were involved as much as they possibly could be. They would be. 
uh, when I was having quote unquote business discussions with people, you know, we I'd invite them over for dinner and and you know my 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 family would get to know these people and so on. The second thing that really drove in the point that I was going to be successful was the second gift my wife gave me. At this particular time, we had two children, uh, both extremely small. Um, and one of them was old enough to actually, you know, put their handprints on something. So she dipped them and, and paint, put them on a book. You know, it was a uh, it was a canvas covered, you know, memo book. Um, so I could put my business ideas and, um, and thoughts and records into it. And my my youngest, my second oldest child at the time, he was too young to even do that. And so he got his feet stamped on it. And and it, uh, the book said, you know, we know you can do it, Dad. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't joking about you know, cracking up here. Um, and you're talking about dreaming with consequences. You know, when, you, when you're looking at one was literally an infant. But, you know, when you're looking at children who, you know, who, who have their tiny little feet and hands stamped on a book because they can't they can't write letters yet. Um, and you're thinking about how all the positive things that you could add to their life by being a successful business owner. You know, first of all, the example that you're setting for them. Wow, that's probably the biggest thing, probably even more than the money. But then the fact that you can create generational wealth for your family, those are consequences. You know, you've got to assume that you've done it and then take it away when you fail. You know, you know, I that's something that 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 would be gut-wrenching to me is to be able to take away whatever modest success I've had, whatever I've been able to provide for my children and take that away from them. You know, that's that's the consequences. That would have been the consequences of my failure. And I could glimpse what those were just by those tiny little handprints. But there's all kinds of other neighbors out there too. The more that you communicate your goals and the, 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 the larger you make your support system, the better off you're gonna be. So I, I strongly recommend that you do that. Um, but those are the but those are the tricks. You know, one is you got to have consequences associated with your metrics. Excuse me, uh, with your with your resolutions. The second thing you have to do is you uh, you've got to make your resolution the actual self assessment or your progress towards that resolution. And then the third thing is you got to create enablers that are going to help you get over the hump and establish these things as habits. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but they say if you do something for 30 consecutive days, then it becomes a habit. Um, so I, I've never really you know, monitored how, how many days I was doing something, but if you can have a support system that enables you to get over that hump where these things are starting to be done automatically, wow. You know, your probability of success is just quadrupled. So um, I I apologize for droning on the way that I have. Uh, I kind of wanted to get on board uh, with this with this podcast. Wish you, wish you a happy new year. 
tell you to, to be mindful of your resolutions. Um, but I also believe that these resolutions can be life-changing. Life-changing. You just have to have good ones. Again, come up with resolutions that have bite. They have to have consequences associated with your failure. The second thing is, is don't actually make that your resolution. Make your self-assessment of your progress towards attaining that goal to be your real resolution. And then finally, have enablers, a support system that's going to help you accomplish it. So I'll see you in the next topic. Bye.